episode of the 25. I'm your host, Denise. And I'm the co-host, Darnell. And we are a brother-sister combo extraordinaire. And we are bringing you our public policy and political analysis. Uh, We wanted to take our conversations out to the public. So we've been talking about politics since like when? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I want to say even before um, Obama first got in office, I want to say maybe even before that, around that time, around that that issue, uh, yeah, around that time and area. Yeah, even before then, because yeah. I remember, like, I think back in two thousand with with when Bush got in office. Oh like, yeah, yeah, we just you know How did that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like our whole car ride. Like I was still in high school, but our whole car ride, like you know to to school i was in high school you were in college and that was just our whole conversation and so uh we we did the blog we've been at this for a minute and so we wanted to bring it to you guys we're going to be talking about uh you know political topics that are happening that are popping in your news feeds and in your streams and uh bring it down to the local level too we don't hear a lot about local yeah not at all so now you might hear some little some some lovely little voices in the background those are our little ones where we're we're parents we're we're hard working folk yeah so babysitters are expensive yes they (laughs) are so yeah we we need some policy around child care so (laughs) so you will hear them in the background because we are normal people living our lives and sharing our conversations with you so let's get to it all right uh it's it's labor day weekend right right yeah definitely and uh there's a a big history related to uh the history of labor day in in the nation and it started here actually in chicago uh with the pullman porters well not the pullman porters but with the 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 pullman Factory. It started in in the the labor movement started in the the 1800s here in Chicago and moved through with the Pullman porters and and the whole fight for the the 40 hour day work week and the the five day work week and all of that was you know centered here in Chicago the the garment workers garment worker strike uh, just a bunch of of labor that's situated here in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and then even with uh, the the history of the labor movement, uh, we also have this week was the anniversary, the fifty fifth anniversary of the March on Washington, and that was organized by none other than A. Philip Randolph, uh, who actually helped to organize the Pullman Porters here in Chicago. That's and a, that's fascinating. I didn't even. Uh. Learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, he helped organize. Well, he was the, the big push behind the March on Washington. Uh, Baynard Rustin was the one that, you know, got it together along with King and whatnot. But he was the big push behind it. Wanted it to happen some years before when it actually happened. But, you know, it happened. And he opened up. So it was the job for uh, freedom and jobs. And so labor was a big portion of what the civil rights movement was about. Um, and a lot of people may not remember that, realize that that's not what's really taught, but labor was a big, big part of the civil rights movement in the March on Washington. Um, you know, and even our own, 
like labor history because our grandparents came up from the south yeah, yeah. um wanted to leave down there and find a better situation up here yeah um I guess the jobs down there were pretty much scarce or didn't pay as much. And for them to come up here and um, be able to find a job that not only was a, they were able to take care of themselves, but to be able to actually own a house, raise kids in that house, save money, and then even down the road, purchase yet another house. Mm-hmm. That was the, that that in itself is a life changing uh, situation where you can take yourself out of something really bad Um, because I believe when they first moved up here they moved to the west side Mm -hmm. and so to be able to move out of that environment which could have quite possibly kept us away from danger and we were able to move to the south side and then eventually move out of the city which again took us out of a bad situation so uh, good paying jobs do change people's life choices and situations yeah. and also avoid troubles yeah because they and it was a union job and yeah, and true. that was the like everybody in the family pretty much like had there was some sort of union mm-hmm. something like it was all it was shift work always so everybody mm-hmm. was talking about you know first second third and you know the union the union this the union that but they they had their benefits they yeah. had their so they had their health care they had their their dental care, their eye care, they had, you know, vacation time and, and sick days and, you know, just everything, you know, pay that went up incrementally, you know, every year. So they had everything, that financial situation was, was you know, solid in order to be able to, to build a life for the family and that, you know. And it's sad to say that over the past, I would say, what, 30, 40 years, Unions have pretty much been under attack yeah. and they've been given a bad name. Um, people in the past, and yeah, I will admit, yeah, you did have some links to like organized crime and all that. But for the most part, the benefits of a union meant that you had a good paying job, you had benefits, yep. um, you couldn't get fired over some uh, uh, small little uh, minuscule issue. Yeah. It was something that it, it, the union was there to protect the worker and you do not have that nowadays. And what you've seen over the years basically is the decline in people's pay. And so now you hear about people working two or three jobs and still not making it, still not getting by. Um, if you had unions around, if unions were as big and as powerful as they used to be, could quite possibly be a different situation, but yeah, man. I mean, we. I remember, you know, what was it last year or the year last year and the year before last? Like, my my husband and I, like, we were, yeah, you know, like we yeah. were, you know, fighting really hard to to get the the shop where he works unionized, and mm-hmm. you know that would have made a huge difference. Um, in, in our situation and, and for all the, the, the folks that work there too, like that would have been a major, a major thing. They actually were unionized. We were fighting to keep them unionized. And you know, that, that was a long fight. Like that was a long haul and it took three years to try to get a contract. And you know, they, they even, you know, after the, the, the vote on whether or not to stay unionized, they, they never ended up with a, a contract because it was three years of negotiations for that. Like it was, it was a long battle, but it, it you know, 
it it was worth it and and for the, for those folks to stand up you know and and push for that like that that was everything and that's why we were pouring everything into that because i mean it mattered like you know when you listen to and you remember like we and we still hear these conversations all the time like this is what everybody talks about is work when they mm-hmm. get home from work like that was the topic of conversation in the house like it yeah. wasn't anything else it was yeah it was just like what happened at work what's going on with the union like you know man i want this other shift or i'm trying to get this other job like it it, late like work is everything like people say you know all we hear about on the news is you know trump this or you know what's going on in the national news that but it's like the thing that's right there in front of us is what's happening with us at work or if we have work or not what you know that's right in front of us that's the thing that's happening every day and and we don't hear about that no no. it's with unions in itself or with the um what unions did provide for people um definitely was that that safety that knowing that you know um someone was there working on your behalf um to, to increase your pay and benefits and all that. Um, now that that job now is to your employer. And, you know, surprise, surprise, what is their um, position going to be when it comes to how much you get paid versus um, uh, how much you your pay should be? Um, for instance, there was a point in time I worked at a casino over in Indiana and we all was wondering how come we didn't get paid more and they would tell us well you know the prices uh as for your pay is we take all the casinos in this area and then we figure out um what their amount is and then we come up with something competitive in other words the decision as to who decides how much you get paid is on your employer and your employer is never going to even though they say they're giving you a fair deal is always going to be to their benefit. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that there were unionized casinos in Vegas, and then you find out that they're getting paid more, mm-hmm. then that argument of they're looking out for your best benefit, that goes out the window. So uh, the declining the, the unions... It definitely have had an effect also on politics because there used to be a point in time where um, the Democratic Party relied very heavily on those unions. And it was during those times, during those days, where the working class in the Democratic Party was pretty much on the same page. Right. Nowadays, you don't necessarily get that. Uh, what you get nowadays is... When it comes to various social issues, yes, they're there, they're on point, although uh, I could get into a debate as to whether they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do in in regards to certain particular issues. And we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to people's economics, um, they've, they've lacked that. Last election, the 2016 election, we could do like a series on just... <laughs> Yeah. the missteps that were made and i'm not so much e- even though i don't like trump there's some things that he did do that was 
100% on point. If, you, if you're going to say something he knew at the very least to stay on point by saying the system is rigged, um, you're not getting a fair deal, uh, these guys aren't necessarily looking out for your best benefit, and I'm willing to do whatever I have to do in order to alleviate these problems. And he stood on that message. He stayed on point where the Democrats were more along the lines of, hey, let's keep things the same. Uh, people don't want to keep things the no. same. They want change. Yeah, because people are tired of. I remember it was uh, this like Washington Post article, and they quoted me. They were like, you know, why are people so angry? And like, well, people aren't angry; they're frustrated. It's mm-hmm. like you know, people like you said, they're working three jobs, you know, to try to make ends meet, and nothing's moving. Nothing's yep. working. Exactly. Nothing's happening. You can't really save. You're always like that one or two paychecks away from disaster. Exactly. You know, don't let nobody get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, don't 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 let somebody break. You know, break this or break that. Like the whole household will go into chaos. Like mm-hmm. people can't really afford to to eat food. Like it it you know, food is about just as much you know as it is to pay your rent. And let's not even talk about the rent. Like it's still like the guy in in um, New York said like some years ago that the, the rent is too damn high. Like it's just <laughs> it's too high. Like there, you know, there's apartments, you know, in the area that I stay in. It's like we would love to get, you know, uh, a nice big, you know, three bedroom apartment that's gonna run us anywhere. From, that would run us anywhere from sixteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Like that's more than most people pay for a mortgage. Yeah, and that's what folks have to dole out in order to get a, a, a decent a stay apartment. In place, yeah. Right. That's not even including the bills. That's not including no. food. That's not including if you have a car note or any other unexpected expenses that um, come up. And the cost of just having various things they always go up. As for people's uh, uh, pay rate. It stays pretty much flatline. Yep. So, and just I'll go ahead. No, I was saying so. You just have a a combination of people who want to really just the system that is in place right now. Most Americans have come to the point where they don't agree with it. They don't like it. They're looking for someone to change it. Last election, you had a person who pretty much you knew for a fact wasn't going to change it. She said, hey, everything's great. Let's just keep things going as is versus the wild card. Now, granted, we all regret the wild card now, (laughs) but still, nonetheless, when you have a for certain, I'm not doing anything to change the system versus the wild card that may or may not do something. We're just looking for someone to take a sledgehammer to this system and just get rid of it. And so this is the situation that we're in right now. Yeah, man, and even like just and just to bring it down to to the the local level, like in in this district, uh, I think it's about. I'll get the direct the direct percentage, so we'll put that in the description. But mm-hmm. I think it's about like eighty percent of folks that live in this district. So it's about a hundred and something thousand people that live in this district, and the eighty percent of people who live here make below. $25,000 a year mm. and the majority of those people who make below that more of them make below $10,000 or less Whoa. a year and so that's like that's now now in Illinois the living wage 
for a family of with two adults, one working adult, and three children, the wage that they need to meet the living wage. So that's the wage that's you know meeting your basic needs. So food plus rent plus you know childcare plus you know uh, it's I'll give that specific formula in the description too. But it's your mm-hmm. basic needs. That wage that you need hourly for that is thir- about thirty three dollars an hour mm-hmm. for a family of. Five, so two adults and three children. You need $33 an hour. And people in my district don't make anywhere near that. Most folks, there are some folks, you know, in a particular part of the district where, you know, you have the University of Chicago and there's a lot of folks that have, you know, higher tier jobs. But most of the folks in the district, you know, they're working, you know, um, restaurant service or food service so they're working at your mcdonald's or you know whatever fast food joint that that is or they're the you know the healthcare aide so they're the people that you not the not nurses necessarily but the cna or right or at someone you know where you're not where you're still only making maybe you're making a little bit above minimum wage but that's Mm -hmm. it's not that's not sustainable no especially with the cost of living for this particular district in this city, um, having a, a a job that only pays just above minimum wage is not going to cut it. It's not one of those issues where people are trying to um, get one over on their employer. Um, it's just more of a situation of if you have somebody that's working uh, a full-time job, they should not at the same time... Uh, still have to rely on the other sources or, 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 or government programs in order to help them out. They should be getting paid a wage that they can live on and, and uh, be able to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's saying that they have to uh, be like millionaires or whatever the case may be, but just be able to, to provide for them and their families right. in any emergency that may come up. And see, and that's the thing. Nobody, a lot of people think that folks just want to ball out of control. That's not yeah. like, you know, that's not the the goal that people have. They just want to. They just want to live. Yeah. Be able to survive. Not one of these. I got to go to this job. I got to go to that job. And then still at the end of the day, I'm still able to apply for uh, um, uh, SNAP benefits. Not because I want to or I'm trying to get one over the system, but because I need mm-hmm. to do this. I have to do this because if I don't, there's not going to be enough money for food in the mm-hmm. house. If I run into an emergency, the quickest and easiest thing I can do is get one of those payday loans, and those guys charge an obscene yeah. uh, amount of uh, interest. I took out one of those a while back, and I would advise against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was able to pay it off, but to be able to borrow, let's say, 100 and then you have to pay back three times that amount or maybe even a little bit over than that right that is a scam yeah and it uh, it doesn't do anything but like keep the cycle of, of debt going um and you know the the and people are already you know trying to dig out of a hole and it's just that can get like if you fall behind on that mm-hmm. that's that can be overwhelming to try to overcome and it and it shouldn't be and, and that's an industry that's making that's profiting off of people 
in their their time of need and in their time of, of struggling it's like it's 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 profiting off of that is it's in you remember um during like that 2016 election debbie walsherman schultz i believe i said her name right mm-hmm. um i know she was taking money from that exact same industry and yeah it's kind I of funny i yeah. know that <laughs> she was um I think there was a bill that was before Congress asked to kind of like rein them in. And, you know, it was one of those like slow news cycles day where they can get away with, you know, she can come out, oppose the bill, whatever the case may be, or be, you know, lobbying in against that bill. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just that. um, And again, that's from a Democrat. Yeah. From a party that is supposed to be for the working man um, or or working person. Sorry to say, you know. But yeah, it's supposed to stick up for you and instead chose to go a different route. So, yeah, you know how we always say, like, we need to get big money out of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you hear that from a lot of politicians like your Bernie Sanders and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, get yes. big money out of. And it's, it's, you know, sometimes that can go over, you know, over the top of our heads. But it's true. Like, and even, even, even and especially at the local politics level um, because people are still taking the money from whether it's it you know big donors or whether it's uh, uh, places that give the the endorsement monies you know the organization that gives the endorsement monies like all of that are still coming from entities that have a particular interest and those entities in that particular interest, it may or may not align with, you know, me and you and everybody else that's just out there, you know, hopping on the bus, going about the day, you know, trying to, you know, live life and make it. Yeah. And so it, it, if we can have campaigns like truly getting big money out of politics is having campaigns where you're not amassing you know, hundreds of thousands and millions and the close to billions of dollars just to run a campaign. Like, I, I looked at the totals just for the uh, primary election in Illinois, just for mm-hmm. so just for the local stuff, um, a couple of months ago, and it was like millions of dollars. And it's wow. like, well, mm-hmm. this, what could this money had gone to? to actually help Um, people schools right (laughs) like it's going to signs and t-shirts and pins and you know there's different ways to still do that stuff and not need so much money like it just feels like it's it's a it feels like it's wasteful and b it it is not coming from the people who need to show up to the polls on election day. Oh yeah. And it never represents them at the end of the day. Like at the end of the day, like only uh oh, I forgot the percentage. But it was a really small turnout for the the, the primary. For uh, this um mm-hmm. for the, what, two thousand sixteen or for this year? No, for the primary this year. Mm-hmm. Um it it was a really small turnout. I forgot the percentage, but it was small. And it's this amount of money for this little, you know, pocket of people who are coming out to vote, and the results from that little pocket of people, like maybe twenty percent of people, is what's going to determine policy, mm-hmm. you know, or what could determine policy for the next couple of years. Because 
you know, the, the folks that run as independents or whatnot, you know, they're usually shut out of the conversation unless, you know, yeah. they're really committed to running the grassroots campaign. So it's mm-hmm. like, what, then what happens, right? And then, you know, people are entrenched in these seats and it's just, and then nothing changes. So, like, yeah. if you can't change that stuff at the federal level in terms of, of wages and, and labor policy and, and how we can get what we need to, to live our lives, um, the local level, you can definitely change that. But mm-hmm. you can't change it if, A, it's not being, because we don't really hear about it in the media, even with local media. Like, it's... It's well, local media, yeah, it's going to be like that pro establishment um, type of deal. And anybody who's independent or third party trying to come in, they're automatically going to get shut out, which is sad to say, especially in this state. Um, people who try to run as that independent or somebody who tries to run as a progressive, they're not going to get that much television time, radio time. And then with big money also being part of the situation, they get their voice gets drowned out very quickly. Um, what was it? The past, well, the primary in this state for the governorship. Um, uh, who was it? Daniel Bliss. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he was a good candidate. I liked him. Yeah, I really did. I liked him. Um, and there was a point in time where the polls showed that he was within striking distance of uh, uh, JB. He was he was in striking distance, and then all of a sudden, big money got introduced. I believe he used, I think JB used some of his money and then also other con- uh, contributions. But I do know that once that money came in, he got drowned out. Um, he did have ads running on TV. He did have some on the Internet. Mm-hmm. But even right now, um, the person who you see the most on TV by far is uh, JB. Um, it's amazing just how much money uh plays into the situation, drowns the the uh, other voices out. And that's just the nature of uh, politics, uh, both locally and also definitely, most definitely nationally. Okay, so I guess the, the, the question becomes, like, how do we fix labor? Like, how do we begin to fix, to fix it where people have, you know, and, and I st- there's still things that I have take issue with with um, how the living wage is equated, but where people can have a living wage, um, like how do we and you know have enough to build a life where they can that they can be proud of? Like how do we begin to fix that? I believe that the best way to go about it, uh, I guess, kind of like Bernie Sanders style, is definitely grassroots. Getting people out who necessarily given up on politics, uh, you get those people active, activated, get them to go out in the community. Um, you've kind of seen it with the, the primaries this time around, where there's been a lot of progressive uh, candidates, people who in the past who, uh, to be honest, wouldn't have had a chance. Now, all of a sudden, they have a shot. And some of them have been able to pull off victories, uh, both locally and then also nationally. Um so if you can start um, with a progressive or at the very least a base that is more worker friendly, that will have to force politicians to adopt 
some of those uh, uh, stances, some of those and policies. So basically what you want to do is you want to have like your own caucus of people who believe in the same things and the same ideals as you do. Um, if you're waiting for establishment politicians to adopt some of the things such as uh, universal health care or free college or anything along those lines, they're not going to do. Nope. They're just not. It's not something that their donors want um, when it comes to workers being unionized again that is most definitely something that they don't want because it takes the decision making process out of their hands and put it into the hands of the workers and the workers of course they're going to negotiate for a contract that is more um, um, uh, beneficial to them mm -hmm. so you're not going to get that from the politicians that are currently in Washington right now no matter how much you beg or plead they'll always come up with an excuse uh, one of the ones that I, I kind of grown to kind of like laugh at is whenever you see various pundits on TV saying well you know the Democratic Party it's a big tent party which is kind of like saying okay we have different people who some may agree with um, workers getting uh, more benefits and some may not but we, we have to cater to both sides huh? no you don't <laughs> you, you know you, you either you serve the 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 constituents that elected you in office or you don't yeah it is pretty much straightforward whatever they want if they want you to put a law in place where they get a livable wage then that's the law that you put in place yeah not a, a let's negotiate or um okay i know you guys want 15 dollars an hour so what we're going to do is give you 1050 um no, that's not the case. And that's the reason why uh, even with even before the 2016 election, that's why in like 2012 and 2014, Democrats took loss because people weren't inspired to go out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you have to begin with your own caucus, start at a grassroots, knock on doors, get candidates in that agree with you and eventually you will have a group um, of politicians who are there to serve the interests of the people yeah yeah I think that yeah definitely and I think it's it's really about getting getting those people into office who you know for lack of a better way of saying it who actually give a damn about you like who actually you know they they are you they 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 know your struggle they know you know the pain of that struggle they know the frustration because they're living that same life and that same struggle with you so it's not you know they don't have to have a, a, a policy expert come in to tell them like you know yeah you know maybe this this might play well in the polls or you know maybe this might be a good idea because you're so out of touch that you don't know like if you're living that and you know what it feels like like you know what it feels like not you know, I remember, you know, when I saw so-and-so three generations back, like, no, I know what that feels like. Because that, especially for for uh, black folks and folks of color, like, it's, it's there was a study that came out. New York Times talked about it recently, a couple months back. And uh, it talked about how generational wealth 
it stops at a certain point, especially mm-hmm. within the black community. Like it just it it doesn't matter the educational attainment. It doesn't matter the amount of property you have. It does none the the kind of job that you get. None of that. Like the things that you think would keep the generation solid, after a couple of generations, it falls off. And you know, for 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 us, like you know, I I, I know I'm a millennial. I think you're like at the I don't know. Uh, you no. might be at the like line. I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> I think I'm right before the millennials. I'm like yeah, right there at the edge. Yeah, like, kind of like waving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it, it feels like we were sold a raw deal. Like we were told if you go to school oh, yeah. and get an education you know get you know like that Kanye song mm-hmm. like that's right man get those degrees like yeah. if you get those degrees you're supposed to be good you're supposed to be great golden and, and that's not the case anymore at all like there's so many people that I know who have degrees from like you know Ivy League level institutions and they they're 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 gig economy so they're working one they 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 they're making their money because they're out there hustling hard and not like, you know, illegal hustling. Like they just, whatever gigs they can get, whatever jobs they can get, whatever they can do, that's what they're doing. Or that, you know, or they're working, you know, retail for whatever the retail stays op- mm-hmm. that stays open or um, food service. And some of them might have went back to maybe try to become a teacher. And then that's when they were a little bit more stable. But most of the people that I know that, you know, I went to school with, some are doing well most are still struggling and it's and we were told and and these are like smart phenomenal got their papers got you know did everything by the rule right and it then still got messed over and so we in it we need people in office who know that who live that and who aren't just speaking from this position of you know I'm above somebody else, but they're speaking from no, like a position of solidarity that I'm mm-hmm. I'm walking this thing with you. I, I think that uh, you know they, they it's talked about at the the national level a lot, but you know I think that even at the state level, a jobs guarantee, um, along with a guaranteed annual income, because that's how Coretta Scott. Uh, a lot of people don't know Coretta Scott King that she. Uh, after Martin passed, she pushed for um, a guarantee, a job, a jobs guarantee, and a guaranteed annual income. And she pushed for um, pushed making sure that the unemployment rate was zero. And so, like, there's legislation now that's active um, to keep the unemployment rate like super low. Like, the Fed is supposed mm-hmm. to keep it super low. That's because of her efforts and her pushing for that. Like, a lot of folks, like, I didn't know that until like within the past year like a lot of people don't know that and so with a you know and i know people talk about it at a federal level um but i mean the labor movement started at a local level it started at the state level so maybe it needs to start there again but um with a jobs guarantee that would at least you were talking earlier about um with the the competitive wages with the different places and Mm -hmm. so with a jobs guarantee if the state is guaranteeing that you can get a job making let's say twenty dollars an hour mm-hmm. and you get you, you can get that job you have your your benefits so let's say you get the job twenty dollars an hour you have the benefits of health care and uh sick leave and vacation and uh you know paid maternal leave and 
paid family uh, family leave and you know just all those things that people want as the the their benefits um, when they're when they're working in their jobs like if you have that and let's say you're working you know at a plate at you know a fast food restaurant or something and you're making only uh, you know what is it ten dollars ten dollars an hour or even if it's that um, and then the state has the opportunity for you to jump ship. You don't have to stay. You wouldn't have to stay working at this job where you're only making $10 an hour when you can go to the state and get a job where you're making $20 an hour yeah. with benefits and dignity. And you can actually kind of kind of build something from that. And if you do that, that drives the places that are like the fast food places that are paying force people. Force them to pay more. Yep, and it'll force them to offer those benefits. So in the climate where we, where union unionization, it seems like it's on the decline, and we need to keep our unions. And I'm not saying this to replace the unions, but I'm saying this as like a safety net for folks who may find themselves in a position where they don't have a union, because it's hard to get mm-hmm. a you know to unionize a shop. So that 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 gives some sort of rights and dignity for people. All right. Well, that's a good first episode, man. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. Very good. Well, folks, we're going to wrap for today. That is our time. We don't want to keep you too long. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, taking a moment out to listen to us. And... We will be back next week uh, speaking more about politics. All right. Um, so good evening, everyone. See you then. Goodbye.